it's no surprise that there are a lot of questions after the last one <laughs> yeah. or two episodes. Well, and that's great. That's how you, you, we need to have questions. We need to have dialogue. We need to be able to ask some of the hard things, ask about the things on the, you know, smaller end of the spectrum and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, I, I actually, I expected a little bit more pushback from our, the last two episodes we did, which have to do with what husbands needing to be the primary initiators of sex and Mm -hmm. marriage. And so I'm actually surprised in a good way about that because I feel like either, well, either people wrote us off and said, you guys are crazy (laughs) or they said, uh, Hmm. you know, it actually makes sense. Um, other than the questions that we're going to address here today, which I think are very good questions. And I think it'll be edifying, fruitful, and necessary to go through them. There's main two lines of questioning, if you will, that we've (laughs) been put through. (laughs) So anyway, uh, I think it'll be a good episode. So we'll see you on the other side. like the horse's patoot there because you made it sound like this last week that we got many, many more questions than I thought. So I just kind of went for it. Sometimes you got to risk it, people. You just got to risk it. The horse's patoot. I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you're right. There, There is some, I think usually what happens is the questions that do kind of bubble to the surface mm-hmm. are, indi- are they're indicative of a frenzy of activity below. <laughs> Did you really just do that? <laughs> if you've seen that skit, you know what that reference was to. Um, anyway, uh, so I, I don't think you're off. I think you're you're right, and uh, I think there's good reason to uh, to talk about them. Yeah. Um, anyway, if you don't know who we are, my name is Ryan. This is my lovely, beautiful, wonderful bride, brilliant bride, <laughs> Selena. We are the Fredericks. This is what we do. Um, most days, we spend. Uh, studying scripture. We spend writing. We spend managing the the publishing side of our work. We do podcasts like this. Well, she wrangles our lovely daughters (laughs) and teaches them. And I step in once in a while and help. (laughs) You do. Uh, But it's a team effort. And so thank you for joining us. Uh, I want to say thank you to our newest Fierce Fellowship members. Mm. So if you don't know what that is, that's basically our Patreon community. That's that represents over half, maybe even close to five eighths. (laughs) Three quarters, probably five eighths of our monthly uh, family income. So that means a ton to us that you you have seen fit to partner with us. If you want to learn about that, there are benefits. I'm I'm fixing to get in there and update that because I haven't updated the perks in a while. People like perks. Um, But go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner. And you too can be part of the Fierce Fellowship. Yeah. Which of course is a nod to the Fellowship of the Ring. I'm reading that to our daughters the right now. The marriage ring. Oh, it works on two levels. That was that. Yeah. Wow. You're welcome. That's why you get paid the big bucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm reading that to the daughters right now, which you know this. I do We're know this. We're reading Lord of the Rings. Our, our, uh, we take turns reading at night. And our seven-year-old are really into it. Yes. It's getting good. We're about halfway through the first book. I've been reading Fellowship. Little Women to them. He's been reading, reading Lord of the Rings, which got, is good. And we got through The Hobbit. Got, got through the through Hobbit. Yeah. in time. Yeah. We're doing Little Women. Yep. I'm about to read Hatchet to them. I might do that between book one and two of Lord yeah. of the Rings. We'll see. Okay. Anyway, sidebar. <laughs> okay. So what are the questions we're getting? Um, basically, there's two lines of reasoning, and we're going to start with, I think, um, the lowest hanging fruit, and then we'll get into some of the more uh, uh, theological parts of the discussion. Okay. And the two lines of, re- of questioning are this. What So we talked about men being the primary initiators of sex yes. and marriage. Well, what about the marriages? They do exist. Mm-hmm. I don't know to what degree or to what percentage. 
it's the minority, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a 5% minority or a 49% minority. Sure. No one's done the studies that I know of. But what do we do with the marriages where the wife desires sex more than the husband? Right. She has the greater drive. And in light of the conversation we just had, which is, hey, husbands, lead in this area. It's right. good and right and beautiful mm-hmm. and true. And, and here's how to Step do it. into it. And it's a loving thing. It's not a, it's not a demanding thing. We talked about all that last week yeah. and the week before. And so some women, wives wrote in and uh, we can read some of their questions. That's the first line yes. of questioning. The second one is this idea of sex and intimacy as covenant renewal. Yeah. And so we did receive some pushback on that. Uh, and I think it was good and warranted, but I think it, th- uh, spoiler alert, I think it mostly comes down to semantics. Um, sure. But I think the spirit of it is is right in line with what we're given in God's word. Sure. And uh, yeah. So let's read this. We have... Um, Gosh, a number of YouTube comments. If you're not a part of our YouTube community, do uh, subscribe to that because once in a while, these types of conversations unfold there in the mm-hmm. comment section. We can't even read it all because there's so much that has been said here. But here's, I'll read the first comment that kind of kicked off the the larger conversation. Selena, you want to read this? It's from at uh, N-N-Y-L-A-S-O capital R. I don't know how to pronounce that, but that's a YouTube subscriber. Okay. And here's what she wrote. I'm a 43-year-old wife of 14 years, and I am the quote-unquote, have I been a, have I been good enough to get a cookie, quote-unquote, husband in this scenario, in this scenario. So it's the wife, but she's played the role of that, which we described as the husband. Got it. So the, she's... Can I have a cookie thing? Yeah. Okay. So she's asking more of it. And throughout our marriage, my drive has always seemed higher than my husband's, and we're learning about our attachment styles, which he is seriously avoidant. We have some deep stuff we're both working through. Side note, I wish everyone who talks about this would shine more light on or include our smaller percentage for I typically have to switch the roles and advice around and end up feeling a bit ashamed, a bit shamed for wanting it more than my husband mm. after listening to this sort of content. First off, thank you for writing in the question. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to do justice to some of the others that are writing the same question to yeah. kind of mention what the way they're wording it. At Beautiful Soul Girl writes basically this, I feel that people think it's all men who want it more often mm-hmm. in marriage. So like it's kind of touching on it, but in a more succinct fashion. Yeah. Olivia actually wrote in via, I think, a text. No, this was a, um, a question we got through our question form. By the way, if you have a question, go to fiercemarriage.com slash ask. And she wrote this. I often struggle listening to podcasts and reading books about intimacy where they assume that the husband has a higher sex drive. When in our marriage, as the wife, uh, I, as the wife, more often have the higher sex drive. Mm. I'm reading many of the comments on your YouTube page for the episodes, quote, why husbands should be the primary in- initiators of sex, end quote. Many other couples deal with this as well. How would you speak to that mismatch? I totally understand and agree with men leading the marriage in this way. It's just that the way our drives work out are different than the stereotypical norm. Right. Okay, so... Let's go back to this first uh, question as we look at this thread. Yeah. Because I want to, I want to address one thing that she said. She says uh, she ends up feeling a bit shamed. Sure. So not ashamed, but shamed, shamed as if we're heaping shame or people who speak on this topic heap shame because she wants it more than her husband. Um, and this is the sort of content tends to tilt in the way that the husband should want it more. And that's the, the right order of things. Uh, should this woman take on that shame? Should she absolutely feel shamed? Not. No, absolutely not. I mean, it's still the same conversation, I think, right? It's just 
the yeah. roles are a bit flipped. Overall, the husband, yes, should be the primary leader and initiator of like the culture of intimacy within their marriage, but there shouldn't be shame felt for desiring it more mm-hmm. than your husband. Yeah, absolutely not. So, so apologies if that's what we, that was not our, that's not our intent uh, in this instance. So if let's just talk about the, the asymmetry, if you will. So we, we kind of addressed the husband being yeah. the one that typically wants more sex than the wife. And I think that is just statistically the case. Uh, but I would say in this same case, even mm-hmm. if the wife wants it more, I think it is even more on the husband now yeah, to love her in this way yeah. and to initiate in a way that's commensurate with her desires. desires right. uh, and, and through all of this communication. So it's not like now the husband. So, okay, back up. We went and spoke at a marriage event mm-hmm. this last weekend, two weekends ago, actually. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. God is good. And uh, we met a, a, a couple there where the, yeah. the woman is. She came over to me after the woman's talk. She was very vocal talk. about it. Yeah. And the whole I, church knows, actually. Which <laughs> is kind of funny. Which if you have a, a solid <laughs> church community, that makes sense. Like you kind of know each other. You end up talking about these, these yeah. types of things in a non-intrusive uh, way, yes. mind you. Uh, and so it's kind of a, a running joke between this couple. Right. That she like daily. It's a yeah, daily thing. She, and then she's the driver of that. Right. And so. She, well, Go ahead. Well, I, so I'm thinking of her husband mm-hmm. and I, I think I heard at one point, you know, and husbands in this case, they, they kind of switch roles in the sense, like they'll start thinking and saying things like, I'm not just a piece of meat. Right. That's yeah. She said that, you know, she said that they've had these, they've had to have these conversations where yeah. she, you know, the conversation is the same. It's just by different people. Right. So like right. where I would think that, you know, I would be saying, I'm not just a piece of meat. He is saying that, but it's still the thing there's still two souls, like a male and a female. And there's still, I think the enemy would be really, you know, fortuitous and heaping shame on people for, Oh, you're not in the right role. Or like, you know, he's already trying to like mix people's roles up, but now he's, you get shamed no matter what you're in. Right. And Mm -hmm. so you just can't play that game and you just got to know where you are. You got to know where you are with your drive, with your husband's drive. And you talk about the things of how he can, the husband can lead. And, you know, she, she was, she's like, yeah, you know, I kind of rolled my eyes at the whole, like, I don't know what I said. I think it was like, we talked about it like two to three times a week, but she's like, you know, wants it all the time. And she feels kind of weird and she doesn't always know what to do about that. And it's, it's like, just, just own it and like work it out with your husband. And (laughs) like, it seems like a beautiful thing that you shouldn't want. You shouldn't have to feel shame for. Um, But I mean, that's like with anything. How that changes the conversation we had the last two weeks is that I I still believe that the husband now says, okay, this is a need in our marriage. We are married together. We're one flesh. I am charged with loving you in a way that uh, honors you, honors the Lord and serves you. Well, and she also said too, that that's how she expresses her love for him. So it's not just like a physical need all the time. It is. And so that's why the next point we're talking about covenant renewal is so Mm -hmm. important because if, if we don't see sex the way God sees it Mm -hmm. and we don't subscribe to God's definition of sex and then, and then submit ourselves to that and let sex be all the things that it was designed to be, then it becomes a cookie meat scenario. (laughs) (laughs) I want a cookie. You're just a piece of meat. (laughs) It it leans toward that. And so, but if you say, okay, this is covenant renewal, then whether you're the wife who is wanting it more or the husband, or you wanting it more? Mm -hmm. And the husband is saying, our covenant matters. I am the head of this household mm-hmm. in, in the biblical way. And I am, I am charged with building a strong covenant with you. Mm-hmm. You desire this level of intimacy 
far often, more often than me, I'm going to, I'm going to note that. I'm going to say, I'm going to initiate with you now. Mm-hmm. To, to, uh, what time every day, sweetheart? <laughs> eight o'clock. Okay. Kids are in bed uh, between eight and eight fifteen. We are renewing our covenant. Yeah. And it's going to, it's going to serve that purpose. And you're going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, love you in that way. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So what is the pushback that we got? Because I don't know that you actually shared that with me. Um, what's the pushback that we got for the covenant renewal? Because you were saying you think it's semantics. Did we yeah. define it well? Was that maybe the problem that we didn't define yeah. what, what it meant? And then what was the pushback from that? Yeah. So the pushback was two, two main things. Um, you know, basically the idea of covenant renewal, uh, this was just one person who wrote in, I'll just read it actually. Mm-hmm. So she says, hi, my husband and I watched part one of the husband initiating last night. He wanted to have scriptural backup for sex as marriage covenant renewal. So I thought I'd reach out to see if you had any. He thinks that renewal means something is broken and doesn't see sex that way. I actually view it as covenant renewal, but as a reminder, not that something is broken, but that we belong to God and have declared that we belong to each other. Right. So again, this is a text message we received um, through, we have a phone number on our ask page that I mentioned earlier. So I I do think that's a semantical thing. Like if you read the definition of renewal, it it, kind of puts this concern to bed. Do you want to read that really fast? Yeah, it's a noun. Renewal. Uh, renewals, an instance of re- resuming an activity or state after an interruption, a renewal, uh, synonyms are resumption, recommencement, 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 yeah. sorry, continuation Con- yeah. and reestablishment. So it's both and kind of like yeah. if something were broken, it is a way to renew it, but also something that is not stopped or is mm. not broken. It's still, it's just a continuation of, of declaration. So I think it's a both and. Yeah. It's not that the covenant ended and now we need to re up. Right. It's this constant reminder. It's the same well, I think reason God, we go back, we go back to the Lord's table right? and we celebrate communion. That is a, a, a sense of covenant renewal. It's not that God in any way that covenant was fractured or broken. And right. some, if we've sinned against God, we need to come back to him. Yes. And in many ways, so the, the default in marriage is not, Unity. No, it's, it's isolation and drifting away from. And another, so when yeah. we are trying to live as one flesh, we all we are spiritually one flesh. Yeah, we're trying to live in unity in that one flesh. Yeah, that's what covenant renewal is. It's this. Ref- I, I would say maybe covenant refreshing. Yeah, and it's not that anything changed or broke. It's that we are because we're still in our flesh. Because we're still, you know, not yeah. fully. Sanctified, And I just, yeah. Bringing it back together. I think that God just made intimacy and sex so beautiful and layered in its meaning and understanding that why can't it be both and, right? Like it it could be a renewal Mm. for trust that may have been broken, but it also, if you're, you're, you are very unified with your spouse, it can also be a declaration and a continuation of like keeping that, the strength of those walls, right? So I think that there's, you can, like you said, it's probably semantics and, um, we know that it's a continuation, which is a definition. I mean, you could look it up in the Greek or whatever, but you know, wasn't it Paula just said only abstain to pray if you need to, but then come back together so that the enemy doesn't tempt you. uh, you. Yeah. Which actually goes into, again, understanding what sex is and why it was given to us. Right. The purpose of it. Which as a recap, okay, so this rule remains. Sex plays a vital role in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's intrinsic to the marriage. Mm-hmm. So intrinsic that in God's order, it should not exist outside of the marriage. Yes. That's how intrinsic it yeah. is to the marriage. 
It's like a human heart is intrinsic to the human body. Yes. <laughs> if you remove the heart from the body, the body and the heart are both dead. Yes. But the heart in the body actually, in, 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 it vitalizes the body. It yes. fills the body with life. Yes. So that's kind of the first piece. Well, what, what exact role does it play if it's intrinsic to marriage? Well, number one is it's covenant instigation mm -hmm. in that it begins, it consummates the covenant. You make the vows that you take mm -hmm. before God and, and family giving yourselves of one another, the, then this is the physical consummation of that giving yeah, and that joining and covenant renewal, which we talked about. And then it, it accomplishes the purposes that sex was designed to accomplish. And these are all scripturally borne out. Maybe we do another episode on this. We have done an episode in the past, but not on the video. Sure. And it was about, believe it or not, a hundred episodes ago. So it was really? about two years ago. So <laughs> I always feel like sex episodes. I'm like, didn't we just do one like two weeks <laughs> yeah. ago last week? And we're hitting three in a row here. Yeah. So the purposes of sex, very quickly, um, pleasure, obviously, this, yeah. I mean, they're not in any order, priority, but pleasure, obviously, see Song of Solomon for that. Clearly, there's pleasure to be had. Mm -hmm. um, procreation, Genesis 2. Uh, relational connection, again, go back to the Song of mm -hmm. Solomon. Protection from mm -hmm. temptation. Mm -hmm. This is what you brought up. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 7, 5. Yeah. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So you're protecting one another in yeah. a sense. Yeah. Helping like, each other avoid temptation. You see how this is not directly related to how, how, how it feels. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that's maybe where if we don't remember these things, it just feels like, oh, you just want the feels of sex as yeah, opposed to this is how you feel yeah. connected to me. Right. So like if a wife or a husband are, are, is being approached by their spouse and they say, I, I desire you. If that spouse has forgotten the fact that your desire is more than physical, then I'm always going to feel like yes. you just want to use me. Yes. You see what I'm saying? So we have yeah. to, we can't. You have to have both. Or if, and I, we've done this in the past where I've had a rough week and yeah. I'll come to you and this is the next one after protection mm -hmm. is comfort. Yes. Comfort me, wife. I, I need to feel your embrace. Mm -hmm. I need to feel connected to you. I need to right. feel your It's a love. safe, familiar place that you can, yeah, feel loved. There's no threats. There's, it's just the safety of that. And that brings is comfort. And biblically speaking, that is found in Genesis 24, when Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebecca, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, so good. Beautiful picture of it. And then the, it's a sex is a reminder of the gospel. This is the one where it can really go off the rails if you're not careful because the analogy breaks down at some point. Mm -hmm. But basically this, it's a picture of the garden meaning yeah. that we are back in a garden state where we are naked and unashamed with one another, mm -hmm. that you know me fully, I know you fully, and I still love you. You still love me. Mm -hmm. Well, why do you still love me? Because you were loved by God in Christ. Yes. In, in our sin. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God yes. in Christ. And the intimate, intimate act of that, especially when you recognize that you are in need of grace, yeah. is going to be a picture of the gospel that you can still love me when I don't deserve it. Right. That you can still give yourself to me when I don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. I mean, man, that, that's a beautiful picture. And, right. and in a similar way, it's a, consummation of our union. And it's, and it's a, a dim foreshadowing of like when I desire you and long for you and want that connection with you. And I, I hope for you mm -hmm. if I'm gone on yeah. a trip, I'm hoping and anticipating our reunion mm -hmm. or consummation once yeah. our renewal once again, that, that's a little bit like looking forward to Christ 
reigning and his bride and that, mm-hmm. that unity that will result from that perfect reign. Right. Whenever all things are made new. Right. And finally, sex serves the purpose of being unto the glory of God. God made it. It's good. He delights when his children enjoy that which he has made mm-hmm. for their enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's covenant renewal and so much more. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, but I'd say primarily it's covenant renewal. Now, somebody did push back. This is a little bit on the same note, but it's a different, um, different focus. And this was on YouTube as well. He said, if intimacy, intimacy is covenant renewal, which I agree it is, this covenant is a mutual thing. Consequently, I'd expect this renewal to be a mutual desire in the ideal state. Consequently, both should equally be the initiators. And if it isn't the desire of one of the partners, so might, uh, one might want to ask why that is. The idea that generally speaking, wives do covenant renewal more out of duty and the husband out of desire doesn't sound healthy. God desires us to desire the covenant with him as he desires it with us. It is meant to be mutual and only due to our sinful nature. It is one-sided. I well, agree. 100% agree. Yeah, and 100% agree. Way, it's our sinful nature. Right. <laughs> like he, he nailed it at the end. Yeah. In that. He answered his own question, really. Like, yeah, yeah it, ideally without sin, we both would desire this, right? We both uh, would have the same level of desire at the same time, you know, we just be there and matching up with each other every single time, but that's just not where the chips fall because of our sin, right? Alas, we are stuck in these mortal (laughs) trappings of our flesh. It doesn't, and it doesn't, it's not to say that it can't happen. Like we've had many times where it's like both desires are matched and we're, it's just like. Yeah. And that's by far the most beautiful Awesome experience in my experience. Okay. In my, yes. I mean, would you disagree? No, but I don't want it to feel like, you know, like but that's the, idea. the giving of one and another, like sac- right. you know, not sacrifice and I guess, but just being selfless in how you give to each other but if we, is also yeah. a beautiful thing. I think the experiences are different. The expressions might be. But the notion that it's not healthy to do something out of duty. Yeah. I think is, I disagree with that because. Same. I mean, come on. I, it's, if I only did the things I wanted to do. Right. In the name of health, I would be a different, I, w- I wouldn't even be here right now. I yeah. would be s- doing any other thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, like, I like doing this, but you know, I, I would have got up two hours later. I would eat nothing but, you know, Cheetos and I don't know. I only like Cheetos actually. <laughs> I find some, some, you know, yeah. so this, I, I, I duty you fall matters. To the, yeah. If you fall to and, the lowest common denominator, like, of course you're going to, yeah. you know, but that's. Yeah, and he hit the nail on the head, and I think it was a good thought. There's no question. Other there, than really. the <laughs> idea that it's unhealthy inherently to do something out of duty, I think it's loving. You have to set like, your emotions and desires aside to do yeah, things that are dutiful yeah. when your emotions and your desires don't match up with that duty. Right. You have and to. So here's when it's a call to God and a and uh, sub- me, submission to the Lord. What that is is not a it's not a rejection of a truer desire. It's an elevation and a recognition of a higher desire. That's good. You know, I desire to honor my covenant more than I desire to do what I. Yeah. Feel like doing right now. Yes. That's good. So in a sense. You're welcome. In a sense, (laughs) you're right. But the whole point is like the duty is born from desire. Yes. A deeper, more elevated desire. Absolutely. Okay. Amen. Amen and amen. We hope that that was helpful to you. Um, Yeah. I hope that was clarifying. I think it was a good conversation. We could, we definitely could do that purposes of sex. Mm. I didn't know that we haven't done that for a video yet. Yeah. Well, we started YouTube uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, I think. <laughs> I think it's been two years. Yeah. Well, we'll look back and see if it was yeah. on video. Cause I think that's helpful to understand what yeah. purposes sex plays in your life. Yeah. Like it's, 
it's a crass analogy, but if you see sex as a, as a tool, as like a covenant tool, yeah, that tool has many uses mm-hmm. and you can, you can, I, I got to stop because the analogy talking about sex stuff gets weird. Okay. Did we, did we address it? I hope the wives I think feel, so. I think feel, if there's, yeah, if there's any other questions or comments, um, please like, you know, write them in and we'd be happy to look at them and take the time to answer them. And yeah, I think for wives, like no, sh- no shame. There shouldn't, there's no shame in, in your level of desire. And so shame be off of you and walk in the desires that the Lord's given you and talk to your husband and have those conversations and husbands lead in the way yeah. that God's called you to lead. We're all called to submit under the Lordship of Christ and the authority that the Bible gives us. So again, working that out together and, and working it out in a way where you both feel valued and loved and respected and can I drop a bomb real fast. Uh, um, because something to be aware of, this is why communication is so important. Yes. Uh, Okay. Pornography addiction is a real thing. Mm -hmm. And some husbands are giving their sexuality and their their vitality and their vigor to that. Right. And that was always my question of when they're like, my husband doesn't desire it. And I'm like, is there something, is there an addiction or something playing a role? You don't want to jump to that conclusion, but you look at the statistics and look at how many men are beholden to this habitual sin. Yeah. Uh, I I would have to ask that question of that husband and he would ideally be able to shoot me straight and we can yep. go from there. Yep. Absolutely. But, so that's why communication is so huge. Um, and again, I'm kind of dropping a bomb I did, a little no, bit. No, I did ask her. Well, you know, we talked and she's, you know, as I talked to her and got to know her and her husband a little bit more through their, her conversation, it was clear that there's no addiction there. It's just, it oh, yeah. really just is the yeah. desire, you know, but that, that was my first thought of, okay, if, if she's desiring it more, is she, feel like she's unnaturally desiring it more because he's just absent sexually. And why is that? Right. So you, you really um, have based to, on the frequency, which is one a day. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's a pretty yeah. high frequency. Yeah. <laughs> so most guys, I think <laughs> don't have to be struggling with pornography to not have that same level right. of desire. Right. Um, again, we could talk about that a lot longer. We're going to end the episode there. <laughs> if you don't know who Jesus is and you've made it this whole episode, we want you to know who mm-hmm. Jesus is, not because he is a good teacher or because he's a good man, but because he is the very son of God sent to save sinners in their sin, draw them out of their sin, draw them out of their death, spiritual death, and eventually spirit, uh, physical death. Mm-hmm. And that Jesus lived a perfect life, died a sinner's death, didn't stay dead, resurrected, mm-hmm. and now reigns at the right hand of the Father and is reigning even today. <laughs> Christ is Lord. And so we want you to recognize Christ as Lord and your Savior. And uh, to do that, we recommend we recommend you talk to a friend who's a Christian. Say, who is Jesus? How can I know him? I want to be saved. Read your Bible with them. Find a church that preaches out of the Bible. Yeah. There's a website uh, that that we send people to that has a link to find good churches. It's the website is this, the news is good.com. Go there, read, read up on what the gospel is, find a good church mm-hmm. and pray that the Lord uses that to draw you unto him that you might be saved. And we can call you brother, sister in Christ. Mm-hmm. Let's pray. Father God, you are mighty, good, wonderful, and true. And you are holy. And you've given us this holy gift that is sex within the covenant of marriage. We ask you to help us to steward it, well, that we might enjoy it unto your glory, that we might love one another mm. for the good of our union, for the sanctification of our souls, um, and to, uh, to to make us more unified in all areas of marriage. Mm. I pray for the couples that feel brokenness in this area. Lord, you see them. 
You know them. You know why they feel brokenness. And you are the healer. I pray that they would look to you and as the healer, they would find healing through you, Mm -hmm. through your word, through wise counsel, through wise living. I pray that you would guide them, Holy Spirit, as you probably undoubtedly already are. Mm. It's in your it's in your precious son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you again for joining us for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. If you want to partner, we would love that. Join yes. the Fierce Fellowship at fiercemarriage.com slash partner. <laughs> and uh, we look forward to seeing you there. Otherwise, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is in the can. Lord willing, we'll see you again in about seven days. So until next time. Stay fierce.